0: I want to talk to you about a strange, a strange scripture, a strange scripture, Luke chapter 10, verse 3, Luke chapter 10, verse 3, the first time I read that I was like, what, maybe you got the same reaction, you know, you read some of the Bible, you go, what is that saying, what does that mean? We're supposed to pray the Lord of the harvest that He send forth labors into the harvest. The harvest is the fields are white unto harvest. In any age in any day, the fields are white unto harvest, and we're to go into that harvest, into those fields. As the sower, parable of sower, we have the seed, the word of God. Jesus interpreted the parable of the sower, so we know exactly what he meant by that. And you you can, there is no stronger method of interpretation than when the Bible interprets itself. That's the best possible interpretation when in the Bible, and Jesus interpreted it for him and for us. And we're all sowers. If you trust in Christ your personal Savior, you know him, whom to know is life everlasting. And if you know him, you know you know him. If you don't think you know Him, you probably need to get to know Him, and that's possible, and God wants you to get to know Him. He wants you to know you know you have eternal life. He doesn't want you to go around guessing maybe, if possible. Almost nothing's in life. I'm married. I'm not guessing about it. I have a driver's license. I'm not guessing about it. I'm alive. I'm not guessing about it. Why would God have you guess about salvation? The greatest thing that ever could happen is my decision for Christ. Why would that be iffy? Why would everything else be secure, but that be iffy? It's not. If you know Christ your Savior, the blessed Holy Spirit witnesses with your spirit that you're His. Also, the Word of God tells you that you're His. And so we have those witnesses to help us to be sure that we have eternal life. So if you're born again, you know it. Once you're born again, God didn't save you to sit. He saved you to be of service to his kingdom. And in, in the, the last words of Jesus, we're going to the world and preach a gospel to every creature. That was pretty much his last words to us. So the function of this church, why are we here? What do we spend the money for? What do we have all this for? Is so that we're a organized military outfit to penetrate into enemy territory with the gospel. We shoot the gospel gun. We load it with the word of God. And we go out and shoot the gospel gun. We practice. We practice shooting. Nobody goes out hunting, hopefully, without practicing shooting a little bit. I just heard that Ludwig's went out to hog hunting this last week. Three bullets, three hogs. Now, that's the way to do it, brother. You don't have nearly as much fun that way. When I hunted, I had a 30-round clip in a mini-14, and I only shot from the hip. I never shot, never aimed, only shot from the hip. And my goal was to shoot like, you know, 20, 25 rounds. Because the more you shoot, the more fun it was. But anyways, it's just a little different philosophy of shooting, but I appreciate that. You people want to save money on the ammo and all that. <laughs> what an unusual title. Let's read the verse. It says, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Hmm. Unusual. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of a lamb, which is almost an oxymoron. Typically, sheep, lamb, sheep, I'll refer to ourselves as sheep. Uh, We are sheep in Christ's pasture. We come and go with him. He's the door of the sheepfold. Um, typically, sheep, I have a veterinarian. I have a couple veterinarians here, and i got to be careful what I say, because, you know, they later on come to me and say, you know, you were wrong on that. At least they don't stand up publicly and go like, the, hey, preacher. So, but anyway, uh, but I'm rarely wrong, so. So sheep are defenseless. I got to nod. Sheep are defenseless. Sheep are one of the most defenseless of all animals. They're just really defenseless. They have no sharp teeth. They are slower than the average animal as far as speed goes. They have they are not really very smart. No, he's giving me the nod on all this. They're not very smart. Uh, one sheep goes over the cliff. They may all follow. My mother used to say, if all your friends jump off the cliff, you're going to jump off too? My mom was she's wiser than anybody. And you know what my answer was? Yes. Because I'm that dumb. Uh, the uh, sheep cannot make a ferocious noise. They really can't. Uh, they cannot kick with much effect. They can kick, but not with much effect. They do not produce a horrible smell to discourage attackers unless they're wet. But they don't, you know, some, some uh, animals can produce like a skunk, you know. produces a smell that even though a skunk's fairly defenseless, <laughs> that smell makes him not so defenseless, you know. But sheep don't have that. They simply are victims looking for a place to happen. That's what they are. Yet, and I'm going to do this a few times during the sermon, yet, there are more sheep in the world than wolves. Wolves are much more adapted killing and defending themselves. Wolves have great and sharp teeth. They have fast, long legs. They have a great sense of smell and sight and hearing. They use teamwork even to kill their prey. Wolves do. Wolves have ferocious growl. And boy, they do. That's scary. Uh, They snarl their teeth and can look mean. Yet, Jesus said, I send you as sheep or lambs among these wolves. Now, in about anybody's interpretation, that's somewhat suicidal because a lamb and a wolf one-to-one, there's no contest. Even ten sheep for one wolf is not a contest, really. Um, yet, Yet, lambs do have greater power than wolves in spite of all the wolf's got going for him to kill the lamb, a lamb has more going for him than the wolf. You say, now, Brother Bill, where are you going on that? Well, how is it that lambs have the greater power or more power if it is than wolves have? Well, the only power... The lamb or sheep have is their shepherd. It's their shepherd. The lamb is totally dependent on the shepherd. They can't find pasture without the shepherd. They can't survive very long without the shepherd. But the shepherd alone gives them more power than the wolf has. This makes great sense of Psalm 23 to me. This just makes Psalm 23 come into focus. Let me go over it real quick and uh, show you a little bit of where David is coming from as a shepherd himself over sheep. Uh, When he writes Psalm 23, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, of course, this is a bedtime psalm. This is a psalm memorized in Sunday school class at the earliest time a kid can start memorizing. I hope all of you have this because this is one of maybe the greatest passages of all the scripture. I still quote this to myself often, often. When I'm going through trouble, I still go back to Psalm 23 because the only power I really have as a sheep or a lamb is the shepherd. But he is enough. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And listen, let me emphasize it especially for you here this morning. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou fear no evil, for thou, that's him again, referring back to him, art with me, thy rod, thy rod, that's his rod, and his staff, they comfort me. Thou, talking about him, preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou, anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Some ten times in that short six verses, the shepherd is given credit for the survival of the sheep or the lamb. And the result of that, and because of his care for you and because of his care for me, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, a sheep can't brag about nothing. A sheep's a victim looking for a place to happen unless Jesus is your shepherd. Is Jesus your shepherd here this morning? Well, you know, you say, Brother Bill, I don't have control about much in life. You are right about that. You don't have control on keeping your heart beating. You don't have control on keeping breathing this morning. Try to stop breathing see how it works. As a young kid, they'd challenge us. I bet you can't even stop breathing, so if I was dumb enough, I'd try. Pretty soon you got to breathe again. <gasps> Uh you, you don't control, you can't even keep your hair from turning gray. You can't even keep your hair. You 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 can't you you can't add one inch to your height. I want to be six foot eight. I want to be six foot eight for about ten minutes. Till my head hits that door uh actuator back there that's about six foot six. That's our filter, height filter coming in here, that actuator on them doors. Boom. You ever seen anybody six foot eight, six foot seven? They have scars in the top of their head. I met somebody who was so tall, they had to buy a house with eight foot doors. You know, they make houses now with eight foot doors. And that's because them tall people love it, man. They go in there and say, Whoa, well, finally you made doors that fit me. But the Lord is my shepherd, He's the only one. The only only confidence as a lamb who's being sent out among the wolves this morning that I have is in my shepherd. I trust him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The final result is I get goodness and mercy and, and a guarantee that someday I'm going to dwell with him. Glory, this is the secret this morning. This is the essence of the Christian life this morning. We need to trust in the shepherd for everything. He is our hope. Now, there's all kinds of modern miracles of medicine out there today where they can defibulate you or affibulate you or you. They can change, you know. By the way, I, I think that's a paddle. I, I, you know, I'm in a real thin ice now. They got these paddles, electric, you know, you paddle something. I'm not talking about paddling somebody like this. I'm talking about electric paddles. You know, one of you, all of you are on the edge of having sudden death syndrome. So we we want to jump on your chest with them paddles and boom. What are you doing that for? He didn't have a heart attack. Yeah, but he, boom, boom. I'm just in the mood. But. I, the the man came to me and says, we need one of them. To, I think it's, I don't know what it's called, but he says, you need one of them. I says, we're not getting one. We do not have one here at the gospel. You die, we let you go. <laughs> Doc, you hear that? You hear that, Doc? Do not help him. There's a guy right there, a cardiologist his whole life. You are under orders just to walk by him and go get in your car. You die a gospel Baptist. You get you. We let you go. Where do we let you go to? If you're born from above, you get to go to heaven. <clears throat> but he knows this to be true. No matter what, all the tools we may have to keep you alive, if you are going to die, you are going to die. I mean, they work on you every which way. They they shock you. They give you they give you some sort of drug right into your heart. They do all this other kind of stuff. They can't keep you alive if God's calling you home. If the shepherd says, come home, it's, you're going home, brother. We need to trust in the shepherd, seek his counsel. Why? Because we're no match for the wolves. We need to listen to his voice carefully. Why? Because we're no match for the wolves. We need to obey his voice when we hear it. Why? Because we're no match for the wolves. We need to stay real close to the other sheep. Why? Because we're no match for the wolves. There's safety in numbers. That's why you come to church. One of the reasons you come to church, not because the Bible says to do it, because that's enough. To, the Bible says do it, you should do it for that reason. I don't obey His voice. I just went over that. But you ought to come to church, but you ought to get in a fundamental Bible-believing, old King James Bible Church, that people love God. They're not perfect people, but they love God because when trouble comes, we're going to help each other. There is some safety in a multitude. There's safety in numbers. Why? Because we can't stand up against the wolves without help. When wolves come, run to the shepherd, brother. When trouble comes, run to the shepherd. Jesus said, Luke chapter 10, verse 3, go your way. He's sending them out. He's sending out of the 70, it's called in theology. the sending out of the 70. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs. Among wolves. It's true, a lamb must leave the shepherd's side to go eat. You have to leave the safety of the shepherd to survive and to do his will and to go eat. But don't get self-confident or overly self-confident. Don't get overly self-assured. Don't get too independent of him. Go out, do what God asks you to do, But always keep in mind who you are. You're a sheep in need of a shepherd. Keep in mind the dangers that are around you. Keep in mind that it's the shepherd that keeps you going and keeps you alive and helps you. I stand before you 69 years, and I think back, and the wonderful, beautiful thing about getting old is the beautiful thing is you all remember all the times the shepherds helped me. And I got a whole list of shepherds incidents where the shepherds helped me. Now you younger people don't have as long a list as I have. Hope you Hopefully you live long enough to get the list. Not guaranteed, but you may live long enough to have some of these people that live through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Grace has kept me safe thus far. And grace will lead me home. Who? What am I talking about by grace? I'm talking about the shepherd? The shepherd's kept me alive. The shepherd's I'm only, By the way, I went to high school with a lot of guys at 18 years old. One guy, twins, died 17 years old in an automobile accident when I was a junior in high school. They sat right beside me. I went into high school that day. Their seats were empty. I said, where's so-and-so? And they said, oh, didn't you hear? Last night they both got killed in an automobile accident. 17-year-old. Another young guy in my junior year, maybe his senior year, uh, uh, he was going along. Hit a, hit a train. Instead of the train hitting him, he hit the train. I don't know what was going on there, but he hit the train, broke the boy's neck, instantly died. And I went to his funeral. There was about 300 kids showed up for that old boy's funeral. Thank God for that old preacher who preached hellfire damnation. He didn't hold back nothing. He preached the gospel of those, those, those heathen, because I knew who they were, a the bunch of heathen kids, needed Jesus. Boy, the they preach the gospel. That was on, I was beginning to come back home when I went to that funeral. God was bleeding me back home because I had been away from him. And the shepherd cared about me. I was a wayward sheep. I was out there doing what I shouldn't be doing. He cared about me. You know, sometimes you know, it's been said a shepherd will go out and find a wayward sheep that won't stay with the flock and do what he wants them to do. He goes out there and finds them. He breaks one of their legs. Talk, uh, David talks about that. Heal the bones thou hast broken. Yeah, Psalm. I believe it's Psalm 51. Heal the bones thou hast broken. Sometimes he breaks that little that little lamb's leg or so. Did, why? Because he's cruel. No, because if he don't break the leg on that lamb and teach that lamb to stick around the rest of the sheep and do what he's supposed to do and obey the shepherd, he'll be devoured by the wolves. Don't you judge God so harshly? Don't you judge God so quickly on what happens in your life. He could be saving you, preventing you. I tell you one thing, I believe God's good, and I rest on that goodness, and I trust Him in that goodness. No matter if it, looks, it doesn't look good in any direction I look yet, I believe God is good He's going to take care of me because I believe He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And we're not to isolate ourselves away from the wolves. We're to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's basically go among the wolves and preach the gospel to them. (laughs) Are you crazy? We go door to door. People say, Brother Bill, I'm afraid to go door to door. Good, me too. I mean, I've run into some crazy people door to door. But I've run into some people that were hungry for the word of God and wanted to be saved also. I remember forgetting, I've said it before, I ran this one house in San Carlos Park. I was so discouraged. I hadn't had anybody respond. And I told God, if I don't get somebody to respond pretty soon, I'm not going back. And I shouldn't have done that. But I was discouraged. I was despondent about it. And I went that next door. Young man answered the door. And he, uh, he said, when you when you knocked on that door, I was getting ready to kill myself. And he said, God, if you care about me, send somebody to save me right now. And I and he heard I believe in divine appointments. A boy got saved. Man, if he didn't get saved, nobody gets saved after that sign line. Not everybody gets a sign like that. But it was a sign to me too. I'm a sheep. I'm supposed to be out there among the wolves. It's dangerous. You know, somebody may take a gun and shoot me. You can't scare me with heaven. I don't want to die. I don't have a death wish. I don't want to go out there and I'm not, I'm not, man, I'm doing things not to die. Trust me. But if God says, come home, I'm going home. But I want to go home in his service. I want to go home as a faithful sheep. I want to go home as a faithful lamb, somebody that was doing what he was supposed to do. We're not to isolate ourselves because wolves are everywhere. Uh, We would be of no value if we stayed in the sheepfold and didn't go out into the world the way God asked us to. And we traveled to sheepfold conferences all the time or attended sheepfold seminaries or went to, we frequented sheepfold concerts, but we never got among the wolves to give them the gospel. You got to get among the wolves to give them the gospel. This bus minister I didn't mention it this morning, 46 people, on, the, on the, and that includes the drivers and everything. But we had kids coming in from those three routes there. And those are, we're, we're, we're out among the neighborhoods of our area trying to compel young people and older people to come in and hear the gospel. We have the the gospel of salvation. You can have your sins forgiven in a place in heaven. That's been our message all these years. Jesus sends us out among the wolves to evangelize and to propagate and to be of value to his kingdom. But we can't do that in the sheepfold. We can't do that in the church here. It's good to come to church. We ought to come to church. We ought to organize in church and educate in church and edify in church and encourage in church. But ultimately, this whole thing is for what? So you get strong and go out in among the wolves and give them the gospel. You all work among the wolves. Most of you work among the wolves. Your job will put you out there among them. And if you're among them, talk about Jesus. Tell them they can have a better way of life. Though dangers and though some sheep will fall victim to the wolves, yet the risk is worth it. What is Jesus saying by, I send you as lambs among wolves? He's saying, you and I need to take a risk for him. Isn't that what he's saying? I send you as lamb among wolves. I don't take no smart person to know that's risky. You don't take a a lamb and put him among wolves without risk involved. So we've seen some lambs martyred. We've seen some lambs uh, suffer among the wolves. You can't read very far in our recent, even recent history, Adoniram Judson, William Carey, and other people, uh, Hudson Taylor, and all these others, and even missionaries today that are not out there among the wolves that aren't suffering. When you pray for that wall of missionaries back there, you're praying for lambs. Brother, out there among the wolves. Pray for them that their shepherd would keep them safe. Pray for them that the shepherd would they would be they would be uh, helped and encouraged by the shepherd. Because what are lambs for? Why does a shepherd have lambs? Prophet. Prophet. A man don't have sheep if he doesn't want some profit. They're not, they're not, they're not tree huggers. They, they want them for profit. I raise chickens not because I like chickens, but because I like to eat chicken. Y'all out there? Do any of you girls know that chickens actually have feathers? Oh no, you go down to Publix, you buy them. they they're, they're shrink wrapped in plastic. I've seen them. Everybody, every woman, before they get married, ought to have to kill, bleed, pluck, gut, cut up a chicken. Ought to be qualification before you get married. In fact, that ought to be something you well, you, know, you, people who, we got today email dating. You know, this is, this is, this is queer to me, I tell you. Email dating. Da, 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 da. How do you like that? You like that? You like that? Well, talk about killing, plucking, and, and ble- first of all, bleeding. You cut the juggler. Tom will tell you where. You cut the juggler right there. You put them in a cone, what do you call A, a bleed cone, and you'll bleed them out, and, and then I'm not going to go through it with you. But I'm telling you what. Every woman ought to have to get her hands dirty, cut the heart out, and hold it in her hand while it's still beating. You think I'm crazy, don't you? You think I'm strange. I'm not. What I'm talking about is more normal than what you are. I went to Dodge City. They're killing and processing 20,000 cows a day there. Somebody's got to do the dirty work for you so that you can have your flame and yawn and your your ribeyes and your porterhouses and somebody has to take that cow which is moving breathing and has a family a mother father <laughs> has emotions feeling likes to eat and leading them down death row listen i'm expendable that's where i'm going i'm expendable to the master I'm expendable to my shepherd. I'm for his profit. If when he sends me among the wolves, he decides to allow one of them wolves to eat me, kill me, wound me, I'm expendable because it's all for the kingdom. It's to my shepherd. Because remember the last verse of Psalm 23. Even though I'm expendable, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We still have an eternal future with God. Listen, you can kill this body, but you can't touch me. You can torture me, but you can't really get into me. Because the Lord Jesus Christ has control of my my everlasting, never-dying soul as he does yours. Paul understood that. Philippians 121. For me to live is, come on, you know the Bible. For me to live is Christ, and to be slaughtered by the wolves is, well, to die is gain. For me to live is Christ, to serve him is wonderful, but it could come a time where he says, I want you to die for me. For me to be slaughtered by those wolves would just be gained to me. I have a special place in heaven. This promise for those who are willing to die for Christ. That was Paul's attitude. So we have a conclusion. We we should do as our shepherd asks us to do. Go where our shepherd asks us to go. Eat what our shepherd says to eat. Have peace knowing that your shepherd will protect you by his sovereign power and might Paul concluded this in chapter eight, verse thirty-one, which our brother uh, Jim Not is coming to someday. Going to get to verse thirty-one. You're going to get to verse thirty-one someday, brother. What should we say then? What should we say then? These things, if God be for us, you know the book. Who can be against us, brother? Ain't nobody bigger than my shepherd. My shepherd's got the biggest muscle the most sovereignty, the most power. He spoke everything into existence. Uh, He's going to take care of me all the way home. Lambs have behind them all the power, all the might of the shepherd. So why is it though a wolf can kill better, run better, defend himself better, there's way more sheep than there are wolves? It's because the power of the shepherd. You and I, we may be defenseless outwardly, but spiritually we've got the defender of all that is behind us. Let me finish with this verse, John chapter 6, verse 639, 639, for this is the Father's will which has sent me. And of all which I have, which all of all that he hath given me, I should lose nothing. I like that but should raise it up at the last day. What do you mean all that have been given me? I've been given to the Lord Jesus Christ by the Father. You, as a born-again believer, have been given to the Lord Jesus Christ by the Father. And he says, I'm not going to lose you. I'm not going to lose you. Although we go through the horror or maybe the valley of the shadow of death, the sorrow of death, the terror of death, and all of that for a a small moment in life wants to overwhelm us, yet in our essence and in our life's habit, we've trusted in the shepherd. When you come out the other side of that door, he'll be there. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful sheep, lamb. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. By the way, there's not going to be any wolves in heaven. It's going to be wolf-free. Death-free, pain-free, sorrow-free, wolf-free. But while you're here in the service of the king as his lamb, remember who you are what you are and where you are and why he wants you to do it. And he wants you to take the risk. We're starting door-to-door up here in October, second Saturday of the month. I would encourage you to take some risks for Jesus. Come with us door-to-door. Now, in the 41 years at gospel here, I've been doing it longer than that. In the 41 years at gospel, we've been going door-to-door. We've never had anybody injured, nobody killed yet. We had one woman bit by a dog because she ran. Have you ever figured out you can't outrun a dog yet? So you might as well take your stand and defend yourself because you aren't going to outrun him. She just got scared and ran. Of course, he bit her in the back of the leg, but it didn't hurt her too badly. But uh, you know, the hundred grand she got out of that pe- out of those people didn't hurt either. <laughs> if you got a dog that bites, it's gonna cost you. We're going to sue you out of existence. I don't like to be intimidated by dogs, and so we'll come up to your door. Make sure you put the dog away, because the shepherd is protecting me, even by the even from the dogs. You come on out. Give it a shot, door to door. Father, help us. We thank you that you protect us. We thank you that you help us. We thank you that you overcome the wicked one. Oh, Father, forgive us where we have been scared. And when that fear has caused us to hold back on teaching Sunday school, if you want us to do it, or possibly doing a run in a bus route, but we're scared, but you want us to do it. Or maybe you've come by and asked us to uh, be a deacon or ask us to be a trustee or ask us to... Maybe clean the church and ask us to be in the nursery. That'd scare me. Ask us to do some service for you. Ask us to go door to door. Ask us to go to nursing home, share the gospel. Ask us to give our testimony in front of the folks at church. Ask us to sing a special. Uh, All the myriad of things that you ask us to do. Help us to trust you and just put our hand in your hand and move forward. Lord God, thank you for these words of God from the Word of God. We thank you for them. If there'd be someone in this room without Jesus, their personal Savior, they've never gotten into the sheepfold yet. They've never repented of their sins and said, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner unable to save myself. By any amount of good works, and you never will. I believe Jesus Christ came. He was the Christ, the Son of the living God only begotten, and then he died on Calvary, was buried and rose again the third day for my sins, paid my sins in full, and I'd like to be saved, know him. Oh, what a better no better day in the world than when you say yes to that. I want to trust Christ. You're not becoming a Baptist. You're not becoming part of Gospel Baptist, but you are becoming part of the kingdom of God. If you want to know Christ, we're here to help you. You come, do God, do God's will, do God's business. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239- Nine four seven one two eight five. Thank you, and God bless.